Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today I'll be in conversation with Shannon Penrod. Shannon is a mom of a child diagnosed with ASD, teacher, actress, comedian, director of CARD, Centre of Autism Related Disorder, founder of Autism Live, which is an interactive web show where caregivers can ask questions to the experts and find support in a community. During 2020, Shannon and her team have been super busy with caregivers looking for extra support as regular services are limited during the pandemic. EDX Education were recently introduced to Autism Lives as we were awarded a Motorplay Award for our Stepper Logs, which is a great achievement, thank you. Today we are chatting with Shannon about her journey with her son being diagnosed with ASD, founding Autism Live, being creative, teaching, and children with autism and so much more. Welcome Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today at EDX Education. Can I ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners and also how you founded Autism Live? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm Shannon Penrod and I am the host of a program called Autism Live. Uh, I would tell you that my first credential in life as I describe myself is as a mom and I'm a very proud mom of a young man who was diagnosed with autism when he was two and a half. And when my son was diagnosed, it was sort of one of those out of left field moments where, I, you know, I didn't have a plan for that. I hadn't thought to myself, hey, I, I, when I grow up, I hope that I am the mother of an individual with this diagnosis. So I had to hit the ground running, like I think almost everyone. And I was, went hunting for resources. And the internet was up and running at that point, but the resources weren't what they are now, certainly. And, and even then I was overwhelmed, I was confused, and I kept saying, well, I wish that there was a place that I could go 24 hours a day to find information where I could ask questions where it was of no cost to me. And I didn't even know what that was gonna look like. I didn't know that that was gonna be a show at that point, but that's how it all sort of was birthed. And uh, before Autism Live, there was a radio show called Everyday Autism Miracles. Oh, wow. But Dr. Doreen Grampichet, who founded CARD, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, uh, found me through that radio show and said, I think you need to make this a little bit bigger. I think you need to have cameras. I think you need to be on five days a week. I think you should have some fun with this. We're building a studio. Why don't you come be in residence for us and host the show? And that was almost 10 years ago. And I got to be honest, I thought that she was uh, a little bit ambitious <laughs> and that we were probably going to be on the air for six months. And now we're coming up on our 10th anniversary and we're still loving it. And we haven't run out of things to say, people to interview, topics to talk about. We're not even close to that yet. So we, we love it. And as I said, it's free. It's available to anyone around the world to participate, ask questions. Um, it's something that's, it's been one of the great privileges of my life to be a part of. And it's amazing because you do, Autism Life does help families all around the world. So I noticed in one of your um, live shows, you were talking and there were people from Lithuania and all sorts of areas around the world. So I mean, it's one of those amazing resources that you have developed. So it started as a radio show and then you've moved it on to podcast, live TV. Yeah, we're, we try to be available on as many screens as possible. So pretty much anywhere where somebody watches their podcast, but we are 
live Monday through Friday uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope and Twitter. And then we podcast the recorded shows uh, to any platform that we can where it's free to the listener or viewer. Now, Shannon, I realized that you actually started your career as a teacher and a comedian and an actress. Is that correct? That is correct. That was <laughs> who I, that's exactly who I wanted to be when I grew up. I, I remember saying I wanted to be a teacher because I think it's one of the most noble professions that there is. But I also, I wanted to be so many things. And so I had said, I want to be an actor, but I wanted to make people laugh. And, um, you know, I've had the great fortune to do all of those things in my life. And now I sort of fold all of them into Autism Live. <laughs> it's like, it's my opportunity to get to be a teacher sometimes, but sometimes I get to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, sometimes we, you know, I pretend, I act as though I'm a journalist and can do an interview because I didn't have experience in that, but I pretend that I can. <laughs> I think you do a wonderful job, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> So thank you. Also, you've done a uh, you're a director of a documentary on autism as well in 2015. Is that correct? Uh, I I have worked on a bunch of different projects. I'm not even sure which thing that you're talking oh, about. I, I was part up and it was called Autism Works Now Concert LA. Ah. Okay, so that I very definitely was involved with with my good good friend Joanne Laura, who founded Autism Works now a wonderful organization that still exists although joanne passed away earlier this year um and she did this amazing event here in los angeles um where temple grandin was in attendance along with so many other luminaries from the autism community raising money as the kickstart for autism works now and we made the documentary about the event and what why we were raising money for that very important event because i I think like a lot of people, I believe that individuals on the autism spectrum not only have the right to work, but they have something to add to most work situations and can really be a great benefit to their employers. So I'm very proud to have been involved in that. I've been involved in a bunch of different documentary projects. So that's why I was like, which one are we talking about? <laughs> but yes, very proud of that one. What and many in the hopper as well. Oh, what's a hopper? Here's some language I don't know. What's a uh, that's that's very colloquial language for like when you have something cooking. Oh. Uh, so something that's brewing is in the hopper. Like how, you would make beer in a hopper. Oh, fantastic. No, I didn't get that one. That's fine. You have to, it's the Aussie accent. <laughs> we didn't understand that one, the Aussie-ness. I'm sure I've got many that you won't as well. Listen, once I was, when you, I was listening recently to you and you referred to once having a child with autism can be like having an Olympic athlete with routines, meals, appointments. I suppose it's referring to the structure. And this morning I saw this quote actually, and it was on social media. It said, autism doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a parent that never gives up. Mm. How do Boy, you isn't that the that? truth? <laughs> I, I, you know, one of the quotes that I say all the time from my good friend, Lisa Ackerman, who founded TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action, she always says when someone uh, finds out that a loved one has a diagnosis of autism, it's important to remember that it's not game over, it's yeah. game on. And there is a lot to be done. And the reason why I uh, liken it to being like an Olympic athlete is that 
you know, if you, if you have a child and somebody identifies and says, boy, this child has really amazing techniques and we really want to work very hard to bring them out and bring them to their fullest fruition to have them, you know, be ready to perform at the Olympics, it's a decision that the whole family has to sort of dig in and go, we're going to go with this. We're going to, we're going to prioritize this over some other stuff that we would have prioritized and we're going to, we're going to go for it. And knowing that it's not the rest of your life, but it's a period of time in which you're going to try really hard to bring out the talents of this individual. And that's exactly how I look at having a child on the autism spectrum in this day and age. There are therapies that we know that help and that can bring out the talents of the child. We're not changing who the child is. We're just bringing out the talents of that child. And it is a huge time commitment that the family must make and prioritize. Otherwise you don't get to the, the best possible place that you could, but it, that phase does not last forever. And I think it's important for families to know that going in that you make the commitment, but a time will come when you don't work this intensely, but you will have the benefit of working that intensely the rest of your lives. And, and I'm a big proponent of saying it's worth it. We certainly did that with my child and I'm living the dream. Um, everything that I hoped for when he was two and a half and diagnosed and I, and I felt that grief, that pain of, I don't know if we're, I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know what's possible. If somebody could have told me what our lives are like now, oh, I just would have been so filled with hope and it probably would have made it easier um, to do the things that we had to do because it was hard, but it was worth it. Worth it, worth it, worth it. So yours is about 15 years ago, but there was, would have been a lot limited in resources back then and even research or not really. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, I, I happened to be really lucky because the, the place that we lived coincidentally had um, really good resources. We lived just outside Los Angeles and um, it, it was a time and a place where things were happening. Um, ABA therapy was, was well known, but it uh, wasn't widely available. But in the state of California, they, if you showed yourself to be a motivated parent and said that you were gonna follow the research that existed, which meant you were gonna do intensive ABA, then it was available to you with a lot of work, but for free with a lot of work. And boy, we dug in and we found um, lots of other resources and things to help us, but it made all the difference. Shannon, for those who don't know, what is ABA therapy? Because we might call it something different in other countries. Sure, it stands for Applied Behavior Analysis. And in 1987, the first big research came out. Uh, it was called the Young Autism Project. It was done by Ivar Lovas here in Los Angeles. And it showed that if young kids that were between the ages of two and four had early intensive ABA, applied behavior analysis, um, that for a period of two years and for a minimum of 40 hours a week, in fact, they were saying, every waking hour, but they were giving therapists for 40 hours a week. That first study showed that about 47% of the kids would make so much progress that they could no longer be categorized as having a disability. The brains still work differently because I think that's part of the beauty of a, um, an autistic brain 
is that it works differently. It sees things differently. That doesn't have to be a disability. And that first study, it was a long time before it was replicated, but when it was replicated, it was the reason why there is so much here in the United States uh, funding now for ABA because it, it was shown to be very effective. And, and that's what my son had. Um, and, and he had it uh, at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, which was founded by Dr. Grand Pichet, the woman who found me and said, I think, I think <laughs> you need to do a show. So it all came full circle for us. Um, and uh, they, you know, there are many great quality ABA providers out there, but I always tell people it's really important that you get good quality ABA that all ABA is not equal and even. You gotta get the good stuff, but there are many, many providers now who provide really thoughtful, uh, good, intensive ABA. So ABA, is, it goes with your child's uh, abilities or it's your child's actual, they try and, they try and unlock the key to that, that the, what's inside of them. Is that what it is? Or it's trying to- Yeah. Treat yeah, it? I mean, I, I when I was a teacher, we, you know, when the school year would start, the new children would come in and we would have to look at each one and, as if they were Swiss cheese. <laughs> and you, you know what I mean? You look at a child and you go, okay, this child has certain things going for them, but they've got some gaps here. Like maybe when they were in second grade and they were, you know, doing this reading skill, there was stuff going on at home and they didn't, it didn't quite gel and solidify. And that, you know, I found that one of the best ways of teaching is when you really teach to somebody's strengths, but you shore up the holes and go back and teach the beginning skill in a way that they can get that doesn't diminish them, doesn't, you know, do anything except build their dignity, that suddenly when you fill in the holes, that those children excel. And ABA is kind of like that for kids on the autism spectrum. It looks at them as an individuals and say, says, you know, what does this child have going for them? But what are the skills, the gap skills that they have and what, what are they missing? And can we fill that back in? And, um, you know, there are a lot of skills that, you know, because you guys have great toys that help to build this. There are a lot of things that if we build a very simple skill, then we find it connects to something that's bigger that will really help the child propel them to have success. It's one of the reasons why, I love the the stuff that you guys do because it goes hand in hand with this kind of work. Yeah, it's very much for, I, I absolutely can see, see things like gross motor skills, fine motor skills, all those sort of things that come together, but the basics, the basics that they're using um, like cubes or blocks or anything like that, there's so much more to it than having what we call pass, uh, we call them um, active to active toys so you know a toy a child plays with or creates something from which is quite interesting but this i suppose the other question i've got for you at the moment is you know this is a year like no other we're nearly at the end of it but it has been a year like no other even my children have been home for six seven months homeschooled and you know been working full time and everything else and trying to get them through the year but we've also seen from our end we've had a shout out for increased support especially from parents with children with extra needs, any extra needs at all. You know, say for example, they couldn't go back to school because the district wouldn't allow them back due to having extra support staff in the classroom and things like that. So I suppose, have you found there's a huge uprise for um, support 
from Autism Live this year? Oh, my goodness. It's just, <laughs> um, you know, there are a lot of people who've been talking to me about, oh, I'm so, you know, this this a great isolation that I guess we're calling it that, you know, I'm bored or I, you know, they're out of work or they wish that they had more work. And let me just tell you at Autism Live, we've been over time almost since minute one because the need is so great. There are so many people that need support, whether it's, a, you know, a parent of, a, you know, a single parent in some cases of a child and the parent is trying to work and they're trying to be the teacher and they're trying to be the therapist. We also have had teachers reaching out to us saying, you know, I'm a good teacher, I know what to do, but now you've removed me from the child and, and helped me. I don't, I don't know how to, to teach in this format with these kids. Um, and, you know, all, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all across the spectrum, people are a little befuddled about how do we show up and educate all of our kids, neurotypical or otherwise, but then for our kids that are really in need and, and, and on a precipice where it's so important that we don't let them get any further behind, how do we show up for them and make this possible? And how do you do it in a way that it doesn't exhaust the caregiver to the point where they're not able to go on? I'm so worried about some of our caregivers because they're I, I think of them as superheroes and they're trying their best to do everything and be everyone. And it's hard, really, really hard. So we've tried to step in at Autism Live and, and have guests and experts who come in and talk about, you know, here's what you prioritize, here's what you work on, here's what you don't work on, here's how you take care of yourself. Every year we put out a toy guide that um, is meant for the autism community. And we, we try to show people toys that can interact with your child in different ways that help build their skills. And this year, when we were doing the toy guide, we expanded it because we realized, okay, we need to have different classifications of toys because we're missing things at school. And sometimes parents are too tired to be able to research and go, okay, what can I give my child that will help build those skills that I can have in my home that are safe, that are really enticing and will ignite their hearts and minds. And, and of course, that is how we found you guys because uh, you have some amazing toys that are educational and, and do ignite that imagination. So uh, we're so excited to now uh, be aware of you guys and excited uh, to be showcasing the things that you guys offer. And Shannon, we thank you so much. It's been wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful, actually, to even, one, you know, to be introduced to Autism Live. And for myself, I was, I was, I was a teacher for many years as well. And so to be able to watch and just to see the support that you give the community is just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, and I suppose the next question is, you know, is there a way that the education system, you know, hopefully, you know, there's some revolution in the next year in 2021, but that it can cater more for, you know, carers and for caregivers and parents with children with extra needs or on, the, or on their spectrum, you know, with ASD, but all sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I, between bouts of frustration and helping people to breathe through the frustration, I think what we're all coming to is that this has forced all of us to think outside the box. 
Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think it's an evolution that we needed to get to. And I don't know that we would have had we not been forced to, but there are people around the world who don't have access. There's no equity, right? Mm. Um, You know, what one person has access to another person doesn't. And if we can um, sharpen our tools and become better, better educators, whether it's in person and it's the caregiver knowing more about how to educate their child. I've heard from many parents who have said, you know, I was dropping my child off at the center and I wasn't as involved in their therapy as I wanted to be because I was working. And now I'm there with a computer and the therapist is telling me what to do. And I've learned so much. And I know that the rest of our lives are going to be better. I think that we all need to learn from these things And I do think that some of the great creative minds are hard at work figuring out how, I think that in the next couple of months, we're going to see some big breakthroughs in technology. I think it took a little while for some folks, but I I do think that we're going to come out of this eventually and that we are going to have some tools that are going to be life-changing for people. I always want to look at, you know, what's the upside of this? Because the downside of this has been epic. Um, And and if, if that has to be, then I'd love to think that we're going to make some great strides in education for all people, but education, especially for our differently abled students who want to learn. They just love to learn and they have a right to learn. Absolutely. I was listening to saying, was it, is it Temp, Temp, Tempin, 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 the lady, um, Dr. Tempin that you're talking to, she's, she's very much with... She, her concern is the decrease in hands-on learning, so vocational learning. Yes. And so Dr. Temple Grandin, yeah. Um, but no, that's okay. And, and I'm with Temple. I, I'm lucky enough to consider Temple a friend, and I'm totally with her on that. And, and I think it's part and parcel of why toys are going to be so important this year. It's why if you look through our toy guide, there's a lot of hands-on learning that happens. And I have a good friend who is a kindergarten teacher out of Chicago and every week she posts things and I get to see what she's doing with her kindergartners and she's an amazing teacher. She's one of those people that, you know, they should build a monument to her, but (laughs) she's putting together bags every week and every Sunday she and her husband drive to all of the kids in her class and they drop off on their doorstep, totally socially distanced a bag of manipulatives, the kinds of things that you guys carry that are perfect for the lessons for the week so that the kids all have the same things and they are online with her playing with the same manipulatives. And she, like this week, she posted a thing uh, where every time a kid, a kiddo that she was teaching got something right, she would take and put a sticker on her face Ah. so that by the time, by the time the cl- whole class had it, she had all these stickers all over her face and she hashtagged it, you know, doing whatever you have to do to engage your students. So I think people like that are going to teach the rest of us, but she says it's a really important that they got to have something hands on while they're looking at the screen and it's got to all match. And the only way she could do that is by delivering it herself. What a rock star, right? Absolute rock star. That's an amazing teacher. Absolute passionate teacher. That concrete, having that concrete thing in a child's hand is so important for them to be able to visualise. You know, all those different learners. I mean, no one should be in front of a screen for four or five hours a day. I know that even in the UK, some of the 
some of the three and four year olds were expected to be in front of a screen for three to four hours. And I just think, you know, even it doesn't matter how good you are. No one, no one wants to be in front of a screen at that age for that long. And if I could just build on that, you know, one of the things we've been saying on autism live is how essential the breaks are. And that our, our kids are drawn to the computer. They want to do the technology, but if they're having to do it for school, the minute a break comes and schools need to have frequent breaks, we need to create the playground in our house and get them off the screen and get them moving because we know that movement self-regulates them. In fact, the, the item that we gave EDX Education an award this year for it is exactly the, that kind of thing. You have these wonderful uh, build a trail and build uh, yeah, step a trail and the um, stepologs, they're great. Stepalog. So we gave the motor award to Stepalogs because I just love it. It's beautiful. It's well-made. And it's this wonderful, perfect thing that I always say to parents, you know, you've got to make an obstacle course in your living room. And and you got to let go of some of your preconceived notions of what your living room looks like, but your kids (laughs) need the exercise. So, you know, have have them move the sofa, have them move the the coffee table because that's good uh, pushing and pulling, it's that big gross motor uh, stuff that's going to help them to self-regulate and then put things in different place and, and play the floor is lava and have them climbing on cushions and climb. They need that. Their bodies need that. And we know that that helps them cognitively. So I, I love how versatile your items are. I love the step and you guys sent me the step path. It's our new favorite thing. And everybody I've showed, shown it to has drooled over it and said, oh my gosh, how much fun is that? Because it does ignite their imagination and they can use them in so many different ways. But that motor piece during the breaks, I can't stress that enough that we all need to be doing that. It doesn't matter how old your child is. I have a 17 and a half year old. His stuff is a little bit different, but we're, you know, we're getting him on the treadmill and we're dancing in the living room because they They've got to have that motor outlet. So your 17 and a half year old, you see, will he be off to college this year? He'll be off to the, or, or some sort of educational <laughs> learning. Yes, we, in fact, you know, when I said we're living the dream, uh, nobody told me that the dream was going to be that we were knee deep in college applications, mm-hmm. but we are, we are in the last week, uh, last gasp of getting all of college applications in. We're hopeful that in the fall that, uh, colleges will be on campus and we're anxious to see which college he gets into. Um, but if, again, if somebody had told me at two and a half that I would be, you know, my, my number one job this week would be keeping him on pace so that he gets his essays done, uh, I, I would have just wept. I just absolutely would have wept. Um, it's a glorious place to be in and we're very excited for him. Well, it's amazing for both of you because you've worked very hard to get there. That's the other thing to remember, I suppose, as you're saying for the parents. But I suppose for, you know, as a mom, you're a trained teacher, you had a little bit, and also you've had experience, a lot more experience than just saying you mum that's got a child diagnosed. What's your one piece of advice to give them? Um, gosh, that's so hard because, you know, there's like 18 things I want to pack in a backpack for them. Um, Right. Um, But the main thing that I tell people is you got to maintain hope Um, because your child is your child. And that diagnosis 
doesn't make them any different than they were the day before. But as with any child, every child has their own challenges. Every child has their own challenges. And your job as a parent is to love your child unconditionally for who and what they are and help them to find a way over, under, and around their challenges. And having that diagnosis just means that you are going to be pointed in a direction that has a lot of research and a lot of people who've made great, great strides. There's nothing to be afraid of, um, but you've got to keep the faith and keep the hope going. And I just said this recently to somebody, you know, you get to work, it's that game on thing, but you must remember to celebrate every single victory along the way. I think it's key to success. I've often said, you know, when, when a neurotypical child just starts to babble and speak, it's a, and we, a lot of times we don't notice it. I've had nieces and nephews and cousins and we watched, I love babies and I watch them love to learn and add language and it just sort of happens and it flows. And so sometimes we miss how amazing it is. And part of the privilege of having a child on the autism spectrum is you get to see the miracle. Like it's slowed down and you gotta work for it, that's true, but there's no mistaking it when it happens and you celebrate the moments. Every little thing, we, ours has just been a path of celebration for every milestone that he made, hard one or not, we just, celebrated and did dance in the living room. And I think it's brought all of us closer together. It's, I'm not at all, people will say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I go, oh, no, it was hard. But I'm so grateful that I got to be on the path that I was on with my son and with my husband. It can be a beautiful thing. That's, you know what, that's really lovely to hear. It's really lovely to hear. But also they can unlock so many talents from that, you know, not all children have the same talents and you've got to foster the ones they have. Everyone's an individual. Yes. And that's what we remember. Yes. Absolutely. And there's nothing like a good toy to bring out, uh, you know, to bring out their talents and to help teach to those, the, the Swiss cheese holes as well. I, I am a big fan of learning through play because it's a little bit safer than the other ways that we learn, right? If you fail and play, it's no big deal and you try again. No, so play, play. You build that resilience and you build the social and emotional intelligence. I know you watch my three-year-old these days, Shan, you should see him, he gets so frustrated. They, um, uh, they have a little bit, they always say to me, he goes zero to hero very quickly. So he's got to build that where he just sort of laughs it off and then gets on with it. So he has a... Um, they were saying to me once, I think in the childcare, they said it's a Viking temper. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but, but, um, that was such a great age. It is a great age. It's a fantastic. Now, listen, oh, we're going to have people that would love to chat with you or even want some advice. Is there, could you let us know, let us know how, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Would it be or, through Autism Live. I know that you're saying you're working 24 seven at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's our show is totally interactive. So when you tune into Autism Live, there's always a way for you to ask a question. So if you're watching us when we're live, which is at 10 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, 
you can ask a question on any of the platforms that you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Periscope, and it goes directly into the show. If you're watching us in podcast, then we really encourage you to ask your questions on Autism Live on our homepage. There's a chat button. Uh, so it's autism-live.com. And at the bottom is chat button. You just It's free. You don't have to, I never get to know who you are. Um, it's totally anonymous. You can ask any question. And then we answer those questions in the live shows. And you can always ask us questions on our Facebook page. Um, we're, we're pretty available. So Shannon, have you got a group of experts that actually just monitor it all the time? Is that how it works? You know, we did in the beginning, I would say for the first good solid five years, um, we either had someone who was on a headset, who was a, an expert in autism, who was monitoring and, wow. and I would get a little message in my ear and they would go back up. That's not entirely factual what you just said. <laughs> um, and I would go, oh, see, my expert is telling me. Um, but, and we did that for about the first five years. And I think right around the fifth year, I sat for the um, board certified autism technician test and passed it with flying colors. And, and now I have experts that are on the show that I ask them questions. But a lot of times I gotta be honest, people will ask questions that are geared towards a parent that knows resources that, that myself and other parents could answer. But if it's ever something that requires an expert, we have, a bunch of experts that are regulars, and then we have other experts that, that come on um, depending on the subject matter, and we store those questions for those experts. I love to be the connector. So if somebody sends me a question that I, most often, to be honest, I won't know the answer to it, but I sort of love that because then I get to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know, I've got a mom in Zimbabwe and she wants to know this, and it does help us when we know where, because again, the resources are not equal and even. So, um, and I gotta say the autism experts really groove on that too, that, that they'll go, okay, well, you know, I, I know this service that's this close, but they're gonna have a problem with this. So how could we do that? They, they love to problem solve. And they love knowing a lot of them work at such a high level that they maybe get to see the parents that are in front of them, but to know that they've answered a question for somebody who's halfway around the world excites them. And it's, again, it's a privilege to work with people who are at the top of their game and, and who want to help our kids. Boy, how lucky am I? You know what, you're lucky because you've combined everything that you've worked for, I suppose. It's the teaching, you've been a parent of a child with autism, you've also, you know, you've actor an actress an actress i should say not an actor but you've been a director of and a director of card founding autism you've managed to pull something together that's means so much to a huge community and so i want to say thank you shannon for allowing us to have you on here today because we are so privileged to talk to you you're doing a great job to support a community um for autism this is amazing like you know there are so many parents out there that need Exactly like you said, 15 years ago, it just wasn't there. I mean, the yeah. resources weren't there. The podcasting wasn't there. There wasn't anything like this. It's just amazing the community that you've built and watching, you know, even watching as a teacher, you just look and think, wow, you know, this is such an amazing resource, but not only 
parents, teachers, it's caregivers, you know, it's a huge community. So, you know, thank you so much for allowing us to have you on here today, Shannon. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's so important. There are so many relevant topics right now and EDX Education would love to hear from you. So please get in touch and subscribe to our podcast, Education Tips from the Experts with EDX Education, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, TuneIn and so many more channels. My name is Heather Welch from EDX Education. Let's all stay safe.